The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. I want to finish with an amazing, amazing story. And it's not a story that I heard. not a story that I read. It's a story that I dealt with personally. I may have once said it. I don't remember if I should. I don't believe I did. Unbelievable story. I'm going to change the names because the people are all alive and well. He's a wonderful person. Wonderful person, a friend of mine who lives in Detroit. And we'll call him Chaim. Chaim had a business idea. Chaim thought to himself, he had an idea how he's going to make money. He needed somebody to invest in this business. He went around to different people that he knew to find out if they can perhaps invest in his business. And somebody pointed him in the direction of a Yid. We'll call him Mr. Clapper. The Yid was not a from Yid. In fact, he had been married to a Yid, um, had a few children with her, divorced her, and then um, took himself a second woman, I wouldn't call her a wife, took himself a second woman and had more children with her. That second woman was not a Jewish woman, unfortunately. Um, he was not a from Yid. He was a Hamish. He was a warm, he was a kind, he was a nice person. He was unfortunately completely, thoroughly uneducated in Yiddishkeit, so he knew nothing. And that's why he made the choices that he made. Mr. Clapper was a very successful attorney. And Mr. Clapper... Um, had access to funds. So my friend Chaim goes to Mr. Clapper and says to him, I have this business. I would really, really love if you could help me invest in my business. So he t- tell me about it. He tells him about the business, tells him what his idea is. And Mr. Clapper says, I'll be honest with you, Mr. Chaim, it doesn't sound really like the kind of business that, that works. Um, it doesn't sound like it would be terribly successful. I'm not sure my heart's in it, but you seem like a really nice guy and you're a passionate, you're a driven guy. I'll make you a deal. I have two sons from my first wife. My first son, he's doing perfect. He's doing very well. My first son is married. Unfortunately, his first son was married to a non-Jewish girl. My first son is married. He's a successful attorney. He doesn't need your help. My second son, Andrew, Andrew's not doing so well. Andrew is more of a, more of a, like a very intellectual, thinking kind of a kid, still trying to find his way in life, isn't 100% sure, I'll invest in your business if you'll give Andrew an opportunity to work with you. Because I think you'll be a good role model. I think you'll be a good mentor. I think you can get him on the right path. So Chaim thought about it. He says, you know, let me meet Andrew. Let me see if he's somebody I would want to work with. And I'll let you know if that's an idea. He meets Andrew. He sees a lovely, wonderful person, really sweet, smart, intelligent, good kid, trying to figure it out. And he says, you know what, Andrew, let's do it. He goes to Mr. Clapper and he says, okay, Mr. Clapper, I think we got a deal. And he invests in the business and Chaim and Andrew are working together. Andrew's got questions. Chaim goes with a yarmulke. Hey, what's that? Chaim has tzitzis. What's that? Why can't you eat over here? Why do we got to have kosher food? What's this? You got to stop on Friday early. Why do you got to stop early? And Chaim is very happy. Chaim himself was a product of Eshatayra. And he was a very passionate, passionate Yid. Is a very passionate Yid. A wonderful person. And he's very happy to go explain to Andrew all about Yiddishkeit. And finally, he says, you know what? 
Andrew, do you want to come to me for Shabbos? He says, I'd love to come to you for Shabbos. Sure. And Chaim's thinking to himself, oh, I'm going to expose him to who knows what. So Friday night, he takes him to one of the... Detroit has some really nice, nice shuls. Takes him to one shul. And this singing, and it's Lebedic, and it's Varm. And Andrew likes it. It's nice. Yeah, certainly talks to him 100%. No visible changes, but that's okay. There don't have to be visible changes. Shabbos morning, he takes him to a different shul. Again, a nice shul. Nice experience. Working beautifully. Shalosh Shudas is Shalosh You know, Mincha Shalosh Shudas, what is it already? So, instead of taking him to some fancy place, the late, the latest minion in Detroit for Shalosh Shudas in those days was in a, I, I hesitate to call it a shul, I even hesitate to call it a shtibel, because it barely qualifies as that. Sacha called the Gansa minion that they have is on Shabbos. It's a little basement in a house that is called Deutsch's minion. Rabbi Deutsch was a very chash of a yid, Rabbi Deutsch is a friend of Levracha, was a very chash of a yid, he was a satmer yid who lived in Detroit, how he landed there, why he landed there is another question, but he upheld standards in Yiddishkeit in the early years, in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, he, he was like a, a lone chassid on this wild frontier where there were no chassidim. And he had a little shtibel at the time. And actually, although Rabbi Deutsch is no longer alive, and his kids all live in Williamsburg and other places, but the shtibel is kept going. And they have the latest minion, and they have a little shalshudas afterwards. And it's a little danky basement with nothing in it. Well, there was a tradition, there was a messiah that Rabbi Deutsch Zetzal had. The Satmar Rebbe told him that he has a koyach habracha on Purim. So Purim people used to line up by Rabbi Deutsch Zetzal, and he would give them all kinds of brachas, and many of those brachas were mekoyim. One of his children, he gave over, I don't know what that means, but he gave over to that child that koyach habracha, and that child, the chesidah she'avoyliyid, comes every single year. He doesn't want to leave his home base in Williamsburg, but he comes every year on Purim. That's the Messiah that he has. He comes mamish just for Purim day, and then he leaves that night, and then he's out, but people come to him and he gives them brachas. Uh, this is how it was. I, I assume it still is that way. I haven't checked in a while. Well, that year, Purim was Matzah Shabbos Sunday, so Rabbi Deutsch's son couldn't come Erev Purim, so he came Erev Shabbos, and he stayed there for Shabbos, so he was punk there, this Shabbos was Erev Purim, and this Shabbos was Erev Purim, he was punk there, and Andrew shows up here, there with Chaim, Andrew and Chaim are there, so he says, Shalom Aleichem to everybody, and he sees Andrew, and he says, Shalom Aleichem, welcome, what is your name? And he says, my name is Clapper. And he says, Clapper? That's not your name. He says, no, it is my name. He says, no, it's not your name. <laughs> it's not your name. He says, it's not your name? What's, well, then what is my name? He says, your name is not Clapper. Your name is Klapholtz. That's your name. Your name is Klapholtz. says, it is? Could be. Yeah, I once heard that I had, the name was, was made more, you know, uh, more American over the years. So it could be it was Klapholtz. He says, yeah. He says, Andrew, I want you to look around this room and tell me what you see. Now, look around this room. There's nothing to see. Imagine going to an empty garage. That's pretty much what it's like. Old, old tables. Old, old benches. Mamas from the year one. They were old when they were new. And there's nothing there. He says, I don't see much here, Rabbi. He says, look on the walls. What do you see? There's nothing to see on the walls. There's no plaques. There's no nothing. 
He says, Andrew, come here, let me show you something. He takes him to the wall, and there's a little, little sign. It's what passes for a plaque in Deutsch's little stable. It's nothing, a little sign. I never noticed it. I was there many times. I lived a block and a half away. I never noticed it. Little sign. And it says, the seed money, $10,000 to purchase this Mikdash Ma'at, this little sanctuary, was given by Mr. Andrew Clapper, Mr. Andrew Klapholtz. In 1960-something. says, Andrew, your grandfather gave my father the money to buy this house, $10,000 in the 60s. That's why we're here. Andrew hears this. He didn't hear anything about this before. He never knew this. Why would his grandfather give money to this? Doesn't know, doesn't know anything. He came, he told me the story. I said to him, Andrew, go talk to your dad, but can you imagine what happened over here? I know. Your grandfather was not a religious guy. I know I Andrew's father. I know Mr. Clapper. I know him quite well. I've spoken to him many, many times. He told me his father was not religious. No. But his father liked Rabbi Deutsch. And Rabbi Deutsch came to him and said to him, I'm trying to build a shul and I don't have money. And I'm sure, I have no doubt, he had no interest in giving him the money. And Rabbi Deutsch nudged him and badgered him and pushed him and said, but I need money, I need money. And he says, you know what, i got to get you off my case, Deutsch. Get out of my head. Go away. Leave me alone. Here, here's ten grand. Go buy it and lama shine up. You know, leave me alone. I'm done. Right? Get Deutsch off my case. I'm helping Deutsch. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm helping Rabbi Deutsch. I'm not doing this for me. I don't have anything from this. I'm not religious. I'm not orthodox. If it was orthodox, I'm not dominating in a Satmar Shtibol, right? This is all going through Mr. Clapper's mind. Little does Mr. Klapholtz know that his son is not going to be religious. His son is going to have two kids. One of them is going to marry a non-Jew. And then it's not going to have more kids from non-Jewish women. So none of his descendants are going to be Jewish. Unless Andrew can somehow figure out how to produce Jewish kids. Or Mr. Klapholz is going to have nothing. He's going to have no legacy left. It's going to be done. It's going to be over. Kaput. Finished. Thousands of years are going to come to an end with him. And Andrew Clapper, Andrew Klapholz walks in and sees my grandfather gave money to this. Maybe this is something that's important. Maybe this is something that's really worth investigating. Maybe this is something that I got to check out for me. And he checks it out. And he goes to yeshiva. And he goes, he starts to become a ben And he becomes a ben He is in yeshiva for years. He gets married and he's in koilo for years. And today he's a bal mishpacha, brucha, beautiful mishpacha. Why? Because his grandfather thought... He was giving Rabbi Deutsch something. His grandfather had no idea. He wasn't giving Rabbi Deutsch something. He was giving himself the greatest gift he will ever get. The greatest gift. Of children. Learning. You're not giving. You're getting. You're taking. You have a beautiful golden opportunity here to take for yourself. Take. You're not giving. You're taking. Take and take as much as you can. You're not. It's hard. I grant you. It's hard. You're never going to regret what you've taken for yourself. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoyed this story? 
Come again. Bring a friend. StoriesToInspire.org.